Hello, Internet, and welcome to another episode of Geek Fanthology. So, newsflash. Neil is not good at sticking to a recording schedule when there's no one else to record with. I believe I promised in the last episode that we were going to have, try and have this episode out by Sunday. That didn't happen. Sorry. Well, the idea was to record it as I was uh, driving home from uh, visiting my family upstate, and then, well, I didn't. I listened to the Dresden Files on uh, as an audiobook instead. <clears throat> Which actually leads quite nicely into today's topic. By the way, why I didn't record on Monday? Monday was very busy. I'm sorry. But, our topic, another top ten, because that's what Neil records when he can't get anyone else. Yeah. Um, Neil, I write, um, theoretically, I'm trying to finish a book. Ben's written several. Just had an audiobook that came out, too, by the way, plug, plug. Uh, first, the audiobook for his first of the Demon's Apprentice books came out recently. And so we are somewhat literarily minded, should, shall you say. So, thought it might be a good idea to list top ten favorite authors who aren't Neil or Ben. Because we can't count ourselves. That's just not fair. Also, I'm not published yet, so... I could only really theoretically include Ben. Well, that's enough preamble, I think. And we'll go ahead and proceed with number 10. Now, it wouldn't be a top 10 list that Neil's recording without me cheating. <coughs> Excuse the cough. Uh, so my number 10 favorite author is not just an author, but a uh, mangaka. Because, well, I like manga. Um, and I thought perhaps I should mention my favorite manga and its author slash director. Um, my favorite manga of pretty much all time is Battle Angel Alita, also sometimes called uh, Gun Dream... Um, in uh, Japan. And so my number 10 pick is its author, Yukito Kishiro. Um, I don't know any of their other work. I don't know any of his other work except for Battle Angel Alita and its spinoffs. Um, and, well, spinoffs, its sequels, uh, Battle Angel Alita, Last Order, and Martian Chronicle. But that's enough for me for them to make a list because I couldn't think of a t of a tenth person off the top of my head. Um, Battle Angel Alita is a really, 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 really good manga. It's a very it's it's a good it's cyberpunk. I like cyberpunk. Um, it has a uh, it has really well uh, well drawn fight scenes that are very kinetic. Which is hard to do with with still images, so you know, that's that's really saying something. That's very cool, um, and just yeah, really good. The art style is very, you like very. Uh, how to describe it? It's not 
it's not it's it's not the sort of art where they only where the artists only have like twelve faces that they know how to draw. Every character, even the background characters, are unique and interestingly designed. Partially because you know they're robots, so you don't have to necessarily look human, but but that's still just really cool. And <coughs> it's a very good, uh, very good manga. Very uh, it was even an OVA for a while, which was okay. Um, it, it was a very faithful adaptation. There's a movie coming out being directed by James Cameron. I am nervous because it looks like they really reworked a lot of the plot of the first like three or four chapters when they really could have just done a straight adaptation of the first three chapters of Paddle Angel Alita into a very good opening movie that could have that could set the stage for uh, you know adapting the rest. Especially since the main character is CGI because she's a robot. Um, I really don't know what to... I'm going to go see it. And I will offer my opinion once it is seen. But I am very leery of the changes that they have been making. But yeah, number 10. Yukito Kishiro. Author of Battle Angel Alita. Going forward, you will notice that I have a very, very significant genre bias. Um, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, five of the, five of my remaining uh, nine authors are uh, fantasy writers. It's almost like I really like that genre or something. <laughs> but number 10. I have Douglas Adams, author of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, mostly because I loved Hitchhiker's Guide, although I didn't like the books as much as I liked the radio drama. So once again, I'm kind of cheating. But, you know, without Douglas Adams, we don't have the joke of 42. And, uh... Oh, man, just... There's a lot of really interesting sort of like it, it it's it's very soft hard science fiction or it's very hard soft science fiction. I'm not really sure which. Um I would think probably it's pretty hard soft science fiction. Uh by the way, the hard versus soft science fiction is uh hard science fiction is everything is realistic. Think like The Martian. And soft science fiction is Wizards in Space. Think Star Wars. Um, Douglas Adams kind of jumps between the two. Because, you know, he has a quantum computer that's the size of the Earth. In fact, it's the Earth. Um, it runs organic programming on its uh, surface. Um, but then you've got things like the Beastromath the uh, drive, which... Uh, manages to travel through space by fiddling with numbers on the uh, on the check in a bistro because time doesn't seem to work right. Time and distance don't seem to work right inside them. So it's it's very it's very tongue in cheek, which is fun. Um, so yeah, it was it's it's interesting. You got Douglas Adams, and uh, I think it's now the 
very extended, um, let's see, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is now the terribly elongated um, trilogy of books. And by terribly elongated, I mean it's six, it's six books long now. Um, with the sixth book having been written by Yoan Culfer, who's another author I quite like, uh, because Douglas Adams died. Um, it's the sixth, he re, uh, was recently released in October of 2009, the sixth installment of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy trilogy. Um, Yoan Culfer wrote Ar the Artemis Fowl books, they're really good as well, and he was probably would probably be a worthy addition to this uh, list, but he didn't make it. Um, let's see here. <laughs> huh? I didn't realize that. Apparently, every other book um, has been a uh, has been a reference to something listed in the first book. That's interesting. Huh? Kind of want to see. Uh, I kind of want to read that. I haven't yet, so I'm going to avoid re reading the Wikipedia page and spoiling it for myself. But yeah, number nine, Douglas Adams. Now on to the glut of, uh, of fantasy. <laughs> number eight, Holly Black. Holly Black wrote one of my absolute favorite young adult novels. Um, she's number eight because she only wrote two of them that I've read, um... And I didn't much care for Valiant, and there's a there's fighting for high up on this list, so forgive me. Holly Black wrote Tithe and Ironside, uh, which are two of my two two of just some of my favorite books. Um, I like I like books that that I like I like books and stories etc. that use like actual English fairy lore, um, you know, not not cute fairy tales, but nasty like fairies will fucking steal your children and replace them with logs, um, or their own, or you know what have you. Um, they're immune to iron; they can never tell a lie. Uh, <laughs> or not immune to iron; they're injured by iron; they can never tell a lie. They. Uh, you know, if you if you if you strike a bargain with them that's honored and implicitly, I like that, and I also like how they're malicious as hell. They're not nice creatures. Even the so-called seely fae are not good. They are capricious. Is always a good word that, I've, that I like uh, like that. And Holly Black really nailed that in her uh, in her Ironside duology. Um, in her modern fairy tales, whatever you want to call them. Um, it's about a changeling girl who finds out she's a changeling and then bad things happen. And it's a good, good book. Two of them are. Uh, Valiant, uh, which was a third book written in the same universe and sort of a side story, I didn't like very much. That's why I'm counting against it. Because I hold grudges. 
Uh, Holly Black also wrote The Spiderwick Chronicles, which I have not read, but are intended for younger audiences than, uh, than Tithe and Ironside, which are very much like 16 and up uh, young adult novels. And um, I haven't read them, so I have no, uh, I have no point of reference, but I hear they're good. Number seven, Tamora Pierce. Tamora Pierce wrote a series of books uh, set in a world called Tortal, um, starting with uh, Alana, um, the first female knight, I think is what it's called. Now I'm... Give me a second here. Let's see here. The first book was Alana, the First Adventure. Um, and then it went on to The Woman Who Rides Like a Man. The, uh, let's see, The Woman Who Rides Like a Man. Uh, in the Hand of the Goddess and Lioness Rampant. Not necessarily in that order. Um, I read the hell out of those books when I was in middle and high school. Um, then she also wrote a bunch more books in the same universe, which was cool, and had reoccurring characters that showed up from each one. And just like... I don't know, I like, I like expansive worlds, and this is a very well-realized one. And I've always liked strong female leads, and Alana is very much a strong female lead, and... There you are. <laughs> um, I recommend those books very much. Um, let's move on. I'm running out of things to say. Uh, <laughs> number six. Terry Pratchett. It makes me sad to put Terry Pratchett this high up on the list, and I just realized I completely left out Neil Gaiman, so you can he can go here, too. Um, Pratchett wrote the Discworld novels, um, and I love the Discworld novels. They're all really good. They're, they're, British, they're British comedy high fantasy, and if that doesn't appeal to you, then I'm not sure I know you. Um... <laughs> Very dry British comedy, too. And I like dry British comedy, so and I like fantasy, so Terry Pratchett is a no-brainer for me. <laughs> I like this, the exploits of Rincewind, the worst wizard ever, and I like how death always has to speak in capital letters. Um, and... <laughs> You know, and just really, it, it, it's very, very silly and fun and also slightly, in, um, you know, informative. Give me a second here. Uh, I'm going to read a thing. Mm, da, 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 da. 
The reason that the rich were so rich, Vimes reasoned, was because they managed to spend less money. Take Boots, for example. He earned $38 a month, plus allowances. A really good pair of leather boots cost $50. But an affordable pair of boots, which were sort of okay for a season or two, and then leaked like hell when the cardboard gave out, cost about $10. Those were the kind of boots Vimes always bought, and wore until the soles were so thin that he could tell where he was in Ankh-Morpork on a foggy night by the feel of the cobbles. But the thing was that good boots lasted for years and years. A man who could afford $50 had a pair of boots that would keep, be keeping his feet dry in 10 years' time, while the poor man who could only afford cheap boots would have spent $100 on boots in the same time and would still have wet feet. This was the Sam Captain Samuel Vine's boots theory of socioeconomic unfairness. <laughs> it's insightful, like I said, because that's kind of accurate. You buy cheap stuff... Uh, it wears out quicker, and as a result, it, you have to spend more money on it. You can, if you can afford to buy something more expensive, it lasts you longer. But uh, you can't always do that. In fact, frequently you can't. So, yeah. So, Pratchett, really awesome. Also tragically died recently due to, all, due to complications from Alzheimer's. Which was sad. He was a good author. Number five, Howard Phillips Lovecraft. As evidenced by the fact that I have a top ten Lovecraftian monsters uh, episode, plug plug, I like the works of H.P. Lovecraft, um, mostly because of how very imaginative he was in the creation of his horrible things and how very um how very well he used words to paint pictures that don't actually really like can't really exactly be seen uh but your brain can come up with a pretty good um your brain can come up with a pretty good theory on it and um that's what i really like about lovecraft also you know he's one of the modern godfathers of supernatural horror, and you need, and you know, it's a great genre. Here are the problems with Lovecraft. He is wordy. Um, there were there are times when he really just kind of keeps going on and on and on, especially like in in the Call of Thulhu, um, like. You could have a good editor could have cut about a fourth of that short story out, and it, you wouldn't have lost anything. At least so claims I. Um, and that's why he's not higher on this list. He's he's higher be, he's high because I've read a lot of his stuff, and a lot of it is so good. But at the same time, it's not. It's like. Mm, it could have been better. So yeah, maybe I should have met, uh, swapped Terry Pratchett and H.P. Lovecraft, but <coughs> I came up with this the order of this list uh, about a week ago, and I just, um, I'm just i not going to change it now. So <laughs> Number four, 
Robert Anderson Heinlein. I noticed something while I was looking at this at this list and preparing to give this sort of extemporaneous speech. I'm always thinking maybe I ought to script these, but then I don't. The three, the number four, no, number five, number four, and number three on my list are all na- known primarily by their initials. Uh, we'll get to number three in a second, but you can probably guess who it is. Um, so I like giving their full names: Robert Anderson Heinlein. The Grand Master of Science Fiction. Writer of a number of really good books. The Moon is a Harsh Mistress. Strange in a Stra- Stranger in a Strange Land. Starship Troopers. Um, Friday. Um, let's see. Uh, Fifth Column, which is massively racist and hilarious. Um, trying to think of other books by Heinlein here that are worth mentioning. Um, Heinlein! What all did you write, Robert A. Heinlein? A lot of books. Um, uh, Time Enough for Love. That was a good, that was a good book. Um, let's see. Just give me a list of published works. Wikipedia. Thank you. Bibliography. Uh, let's see here. Sixth column. Oh my God! What a what a book. Uh, let's see here. Oh right, the Puppet Masters. Um, Starman Jones. <sighs> Methuselah's Children. Have spaceship. Have spacesuit. Will travel. Um. Now, Heinlein had was interesting because he was he was a pretty heavy authoritarian, um, and had some very very distinct opinions about a number of things. And his work his work got pretty randy as uh, as time progressed. <laughs> um, he also had very interesting theories about. Uh, well, interesting, progressive. Some people would say uh, theories about love and sex and family and family dynamics and family units and things along those lines. He was a heavy up, heavy proponent of polyamory. Um, so you know, an interesting fellow. It made some of his works a little bit preachy near the end, but he's he, once again he's an important figure in the in the form of helping to shape science fiction as it exists these days so kudos number 3 john robert rule tolkien because of course tolkien made the list um Sorry, John Ronald Rule. I got the I got one of his middle initials, his middle names wrong. I'm gonna get burned for that when Wookie hears this. Uh, <laughs> Wookie loves Tolkien. He could probably do it. He could probably do an episode just talking about it, about him. Um, but he's not here. I am. Um, Lord of the Rings is a seminal piece. 
like it, it is a book that everyone should read at some point. I strongly feel that way. Well, Silmarillion, very much not so much, um, because, well, it's like a history textbook. Um, and is hard to, um, is hard to get through. <laughs> I've never managed to get through it. But, um, Lord of the Rings is just, I don't know, kind of perfect. And should totally be read. So read it. I'm not gonna, I'm not gushing as hard as perhaps one would think, given that he's, you know, what, number three. But, um, that's because he's one of those people that just ought to be, um, fully known. Read his stuff. That's that. Next, next person. Number two. Many people might think that my number two author is probably would be my number one author, but um, number one is kind of a surprise entry just because I love... Well, we'll get to him in a second. But number two is Mr. Jim Butcher, author of the Dresden Files novels and the Codex Alera and the Cinder Spires. The person that Ben has been accused of sounding like and the person that if I ever finish my first book, I will, I will also be accused of sounding like. One of the more prolific and better writers in urban fantasy today, Peace Talks should be coming out soon. I hope, I pray, please, please let that book come out soon. I uh, just recently pr- picked up uh, Brief Cases, a collection of short stories, which was fantastic. Um, and that was what I was listening to. I got the I got the audio book from audiobookstore.com because screw Audible. Um, yeah, there goes the my ch- hopes of my hopes and chances of ever getting an Audible uh, uh, <laughs> sponsorship. But oh well. Um, he right. I like how snarky his character is. His char- his main character is uh, Dresden, Harry Dresden. Um, and how he infects everyone else with snark too, and just I don't know. I also really like urban fantasy, where you know he's he's a wizard. He lives in Chicago, modern day Chicago. <laughs> <coughs> What's not to like about that? He rides a T Rex through uh, through downtown on Halloween once that he reanimated because there were necromancers in the area. And he needed a necromantic engine to get through a shield thing. It, it's so ridiculous and fun and over the top and pretty pulpy, too. Especially the first, the first couple uh, novels are very much like detective pulps that just happen to also feature a wizard as the private investigator. <laughs> and it's just really, really good. And... Butcher deserves all of his success and fame and, and 
and uh, and and accolades. Well done, sir. And now my number one favorite author. I've only ever read one book by him, but he's my favorite author because it is so hands down my favorite book that I cannot um that I that I can't I ignore it. My favorite author, my number one author is Richard Adams. He wrote Watership Down, which is my favorite book. It's about rabbits. And how they want to not die. It's caught some it's caught some flack at one point because of uh, it's caught flack caught flack at, at a number of times because of its uh, its very anti-feminist opinions of gender roles, which you know I, I can I can buy. Um, it should be noted that. I just don't think he really thought about that. It was published in 72, which was also not as uh, great a, uh, you know, not as progressive a, a time of a time of year. A year, time of year, yes. But I really just don't think he thought about it more than anything else. Uh, but I think that most people are just I think that most of the criticism is just mostly people trying to find a way to be uh, to be critical um, because there's a, because you know you can get away you can get away with it um, and because that way you can score cheap, you can score semi-cheap political points. So I don't know, but I love the book. And admittedly, a lot of my love of the book is seated entirely in nostalgia. My father read this book to me over the course of many evenings doing voices for every character. And it takes me to a simpler time, a happier time. And every time I crack open my copy of it, I can transport myself back there. And as a result, it's my favorite book. And because of that, he's my favorite author. Y'all can fight me on that. We hope in another episode to be speaking of sub of of topics of more substance. We might have one more week of top 10s. There's been a lot of scheduling issues here, which is why 
these episodes have been coming out so wonky. I've been out of town. Ben's been out of town. Michael's been out of town. <coughs> I was sick one day. I'm still getting over some some sort of upper respiratory thing. We'll try and be back into uh, more typical content here soon. We're coming up on our on our uh, on our third our second full anniversary. Uh, so there's that. But yeah, this has been Neil with Geek Fanthology. I hope you enjoyed my thoughts on literature. Hopefully you want to go out and read some books. I highly recommend pretty much anything written by anyone on this list. Even if I haven't read it, I, I feel it is safe to recommend it. Um, yeah, go out and read. Bye! This podcast is a production of Working Theory Productions. It was brought to you by a letter and a number. Opening theme is Ultra Mega Hyperstorm, and ending theme is March of the Mind, both by Kevin McLeod. If you enjoyed this podcast, or know someone who would, please consider sharing it on your social media, sending us an email, or leaving us a comment. We read all of them. If you really enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us, either by donating at our website, or on Patreon at patreon.com slash workingtheory. A final thought. We are pre-recording this outro for use in emergencies if Neil cannot record the outro. As such, we are being vague. We hope you uh, will. I don't know, I can't even think of how to say this. That's how unscripted and unplanned this is, and hopefully you'll never hear it again. Bye!